Podcast 43, Best Shows and Worst Shows. Hello and welcome to Juggling Podcast number... 43. Uh, my name is Luke Burridge and sitting next to me uh, on the bed here is Paula Brentler. And uh, yeah, we are jugglers and um, we like performing. We have lots of good shows and lots of bad shows. Um, actually, just this week we've uh, had a really good show, haven't we? We're on a, we're on a cruise ship um, going down to South America and we had a fantastic show. Uh, one of the best shows that we've ever had on a cruise ship. The audiences were just, I mean, there was two shows in one night. Definitely the most enjoyable. Yeah, Definitely, and the audience members were fantastic. I mean, and people were heckling, and we've never had heckles in a cruise ship show before. But there was some. Uh, there's a part in the routine where Paul and I sort of have a, a mild disagreement on the stage. It's it's meant to be that, and someone shouted out, "Are you two married?" You know, and it was um, some funny lines. And then we were really on the ball. We were saying like new lines. Paul said, said this fantastic new line. Um, and neither of us can remember what it was, but I laughed at the time. Polar laughed. The whole audience, you know, burst out laughing at this line, but we can't remember what it was. So. Uh, uh, really annoying. I know it is when you do that. but And also the the volunteers that we had up from the audience. Polar picked someone who couldn't speak any English at all for me so when I was doing the the, uh, the roller bowler mount. You know, it's sort of like a sort of classic street show kind of thing where you get people out of the audience and you and you climb up them on top of your unicycle or roller bowler. I use a u- roller bowler. And, um, yeah, getting someone who doesn't speak any English at all is, is quite interesting. But anyway, the shows are really good. I'd actually say out of all of the um, sort of shows, our like full-length shows of 45, 50, minutes that's probably my most enjoyable and best show so far mine too but of course that's not the only shows that we do anyway so it's not just us who have good shows and bad shows uh lots of other people have had these good shows and bad shows as well so uh, over the past year of since the beginning of 2007 up until now the beginning of 2008 whenever we've been interviewing people or talking to people and catching up with people at juggling conventions we often ask people what's your best show and what is your worst show. So first of all, we'd like to go through some of the guests, some of our favourite guests, and um, people we've talked to over the past year for the podcast, and uh, and you know, and they we're going to sort of share with them, share with you. Uh, their best shows and their worst shows. Also, we will keep doing this into the future, so don't worry. This won't be the last time we do this. We'll also do another especially one. Especially when you liked it. Yeah, especially if there's some good feedback from it. But I think there is. We also did ask them other questions as well, but we'll do them in a future podcast as well. So uh, so we'll we'll see how it goes. So first of all, this is actually going to be quite interesting because Polo and I, we're going to play these in from my iPod and, uh, and you'll be hearing them at the same time as we are. But it's quite technical here, so hopefully I've got this set up correctly. I'll see if I can uh, just set this up. First up, we have um, one of my favourite jugglers, Wes Peden, talking about one of his best shows ever. So here we go. Uh, hey, I'm Wes Peden, and my best show was at the RIT Spring Juggling. When it started, we were going through the tech runs, and I dropped about 18 times in my four-minute routine. Yeah, it was uh, stellar. Mm. Uh, so then when I got on stage, I was extremely nervous, and uh, Jay Gilligan was watching, and a lot of other people were watching, but it was in my hometown, and I, I had the audience behind me. I was like, okay, just... Just breathe. He'll be. He'll be okay. And then I, uh, I did a dropless, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. So there's Wes uh, performing at a juggling convention. I actually saw that on video, and it's a smooth routine and dropless, and the audience just goes completely bonkers at the end. Of course, lots of other people that we uh, interviewed and talked to also have good shows at conventions. So let's play in a few more of them now. First of all, um, well, I'm sure he'll introduce himself. Hello, I'm Marcus Fodler. And I think my best show was in Tokyo at JJF 2006. I did my classic routine without any drop, double period, and yes, I got standing ovations. And there was two more minutes, just applause. And I, I could um, do the celebration and do a cla- um, yeah, and they, they didn't stop clapping. And I just could enjoy it. It was really great. Dropless shows. I like dropless shows. Whenever I have a, a show that's dropless, I uh, it's one of my best. I, uh, like immediately, it's one of my best shows because it's dropless. I think. Yeah, kind of. It's true. Yeah, but this show was just a different good show. What? The the, oh, recently. Yeah, yeah, but we'll share our best shows later on. Anyway, here's another one. Okay. Hi, I'm Priyam. 
Uh, my best ever show was uh, in 2006 at the juggling convention in uh, Ondarribia in Spain. And uh, for the first time, I performed my act in front of jugglers. It means the version for jugglers with more techniques in it. And I was able to perform it clean without any drops. And uh, the, the crowd was just crazy, so it was very nice show. And another one from a convention. Oh. Okay, uh, I'm Thomas Dietz, and um, yeah, my best show that was not a show, it was a, a competition. It's so amazing. 2006 at the WJF competition, I saw Vova's, uh, Vova's uh, practice and his style and his technical level is unbelievable and so amazing. And then, uh, yeah, he played my, my club routine in the competition without drops and um, yeah Boba had a, a few drops and uh, the, the, the time um, was uh, too short for him the, the three minutes and then I yeah I won the club competition the WJF club competition <laughs> yeah so all of them are people who, uh, who who perform with no drops and enjoy their shows and no drops so maybe this is it you get if you ever work out a, a juggling routine perform it with no drops and it might be your best ever um, show so let's go on to some other reasons why performing at conventions but it's not just about the non-drops here we go Hi, I'm Bichu. My best ever gig is uh, the BJC 2003. Why is that? Because that was the first time we did the back to ten club back to back and a, a single nine club singles. Yeah, two one count, two counts. Yeah. Simply some cool skills that they did there for the first time. I was actually there at that show, and I think I even have that on video, and it's it's amazing. And uh, as Pola found out when we uh, when we interviewed them back at the BJC, this is Bibi and Bishu, um, big influence on my club passing skills as well. But Pola never believed me when I said that until they started sharing the tricks that they do on stage with the uh, forward rolls and stuff that Pola and I were working on at the time, which is cool. <laughs> um, next up, something else. Another reason why at juggling convention. Uh, show was the favorite another kind of skill like this time hi my name is Aaron Gregg I had a really cool show back about five years ago at the uh, Portland Juggling Festival I did my body through a tennis racket with a golf club on my chin and uh, I had all the jokes laid out and it was the first time really I think people laughed at every single joke I said and really I was doing it for a lot of the non-jugglers because most of my juggling friends kind of gave me trouble for uh, milking it for far too long. But people laughed at each joke and that feeling of, yeah, knowing people are going to laugh and keeping that rhythm was uh, quite a bit of fun. That's cool. It is cool. Yeah. I like it when people laugh at my jokes too. Of course. Anyway, it's something stupid now. Uh, back in, uh, I think it was uh, sort of February or March or something, Polo and I went to see Jay Gilligan um, perform. And uh, with with uh, Eric Nielsen, who uh, was uh, was his, his drummer, drummer, his drummer, and we we could have um, interviewed Jay or even um, uh, Ben Richter, who were performing there, but we thought we'd interview Eric Nielsen because he was an interesting character in his own right. So we asked him what his best show was. And remember, he's not a juggler. <laughs> Hi, ladies and gentlemen. This is Eric Nielsen from Sverige, Motala, Östergötland. I'm Jay's partner in the project Reflex Real Juggling. The best show I ever had was when I was playing with Dido on Piazza Grande in Milano. I just loved it. Adios. So, yeah, a bit weird. Um, not exactly the same kind of thing. So let's get on to some, uh, some high-level performers who uh, perform at juggling conventions maybe sometimes. I've never... Uh, some of these, not, not sure. Uh, first up, let's talk or let's hear from Taras Poznikov from the Rizoma show that we, we saw there. Fantastic juggler and co-director of the show. Here we go. Best show for me, I think, is uh, when I was on the um, Circus Festival, the Cirque du Dume. Is that I have a lot of nerves. I have my fingers are where you understand that I think. But after the show, is I have very good feeling about that. Um, and now is uh, some other people who also enjoyed performing in Paris. So we are, we are trespass. Our best show was there two uh, different. One was the convention in Israel. And the other was the Paris Festival, Cirque du Dumas. The first night there. That was really hilarious because there was such big energy and we were so nervous and it was just great. 
a pity that they don't say why. I know, but it's just the good energy, and it was great. Also, they go them guys actually were at a convention as well, Israel convention, which we might talk about in a minute. Um, let's so let's uh, go on now to some people who don't perform at. Um, the conventions, or they have performed at conventions, is obviously where we caught up with them, but uh, their shows, uh, street shows. Let's listen, first of all, to Marco Bonissimo. Hello, I'm Marco Bonissimo, and my best gig ever is not a real gig. It was not paid. I was walking through the streets of Napoli in, uh, in Italy and with my uh, big unicycle, and a kid asked me if I could, could ride it. I said, well, I can, of course, otherwise I would not have taken it with me. And he asked me to, to do it there, and I said, oh, okay, I'll do it for you. And then, well, I ended up doing a show, and uh, lots of other kids came over. And when I was halfway my show, there was, uh, I was looking up, and I saw all the windows were open, and there were lots of people hanging out of the windows. And I think, yeah, it was, a, it was, it was not a big square, but it was nice. It was a nice square, and it was a really nice atmosphere, and I think that was the best show I ever had. After that, people were throwing money out of the windows, and I actually got paid very well for it. It was nice. Great. That's fantastic. I really like the idea of a spontaneous show. I've done some, we did some spontaneous shows like that as, yeah, at Street Show Festival. Yeah, so where we're just standing around and some kids come up to us and go, are you going to do a show? It's like, nah, we're just you know, looking around and go, oh, just show us what you can do. And of course, I start a show and they turn out, and then we do another show directly afterwards in the same place, and they turn out to be really good. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. So I, I like the idea of people throwing money yeah, out of windows. Yeah, but you didn't do a show. You did a trick, and then like immediately more people. Started. Oh yeah, that was. And it, then yeah. you did another trick, and more people came. Yeah. And you said, oh, "I'll just do a show." I'll just do a show, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have the audience already. Yeah. So uh, yeah, when you're doing street shows, I you really can like take the that. way he explains it, yeah. like with his very calm voice. And yeah, yeah I went through the streets <laughs> of Napoli and. It's just Could nice. you remember we actually put we recorded the interview with Marco right at the very end of the Scottish Convention last year, and he we were was all really tired. Oh, we're all really but tired. But he's always in. The, he's yeah. always talking he's like ch- that. Chilling out and stuff. So let's move on to another great street show uh, um, story from a good friend of mine, Charlie Dancy. Here we go. I'm Charlie Dancy, and uh, this is. I just want to tell you about the best ever show that that we did. Uh, it's a street show. Um, for years and years I've been going to an event, uh, and you must go if you're in England, um, the Winchester Hat Fair, which, uh, which is just the most wonderful event, street entertainers, although the whole t- I, I can't tell you how wonderful it is. And uh, Haggis and I have been performing at Winchester Hat Fair for so long, we've actually watched children babies growing up in the audience so every year we end up in the same place and there's a little pram and the next year it's a toddler and the next year and then finally a few years later they're chatting us up i mean it's just brilliant because they've turned into big beautiful girls so we're really well known down there and we've done every single hat fair for god knows how long and uh and it's become a bit of a thing that we tend to do a show around about one o'clock on a saturday um outside of an old monument in winchester called the buttercross which makes a very pretty backdrop it's one of these medieval little spire things that you get in the street and uh, so we're doing this show, and, it, and the show's going really well, but, but we start off in brilliant sunshine, but slowly these clouds start rolling in, you know, and, and you can see, and it just crackles of thunder, and, and then the audience are kind of looking up, and the show's going really well, but it's, it's obviously it's going to rain in a minute. And uh, we finish the show juggling fire on high unicycles, and we're just sort of getting up onto the high unicycles in our comedy manner, and, uh, and the heavens opened, and we just managed to get the fire torches lit um, as the rain came down and it was an absolute tropical thunderstorm it was a miracle that they stayed alight the entire audience stood there frozen to the spot because they loved us so much we were all having a really great, we were all having a really great show the audience we were everybody and we managed to juggle these these fire torches in the rain to a finish ta-da and as we went ta-da the entire audience vanished they all ran off into shop doorways. They all disappeared. And there was just me and Haggis with two hats standing on a deserted street, absolutely soaked to the skin with steaming fire torches lying on the ground. And we knew it had been a great show, but it was a bit of a downer. And then this little kid ran out and shoved a fiver in the hat. And then another little kid ran out. It's funny, all the parents sent the kids out. And for the next 20 minutes, small children are running out of doorways from up and down Winchester High Street, stuffing mostly paper money into our hats. And it was the biggest hat we'd ever, ever done at Winchester, and it took us 20 minutes to collect it. And that was the best show ever. 
a fantastic story there from Charlie. That's one of my favourites of, of his stories of street performing. And, you know, Pol- it's definitely Pol- mine. Yeah, Pol- and I <clears throat> hang up with him quite a lot. And I've done street shows with Charlie. And at, at Winchester once when Haggis couldn't come along, um, I, I stood in for Haggis and, and performed with Charlie there. And it was uh, uh, amazing to sort of see the great reaction that um, Charlie got just from turning up. It was great there. Like he says, it is, he is one of the... Uh, uh, like traditions of Winchester Hat Affair, but yeah, and so we had lots of stories about that, and have we have quite a few of our own stories from Winchester? We're not going to share them now. So uh, that's all the artists or the, all the jugglers that we have. It was my first ever street show. Yes, it was. So yeah, that's probably one of Polar's favourite uh, shows, just because it was the first street show that he did. But so Polar, let's uh, let's share our favourite ever shows, our best shows ever. Do you want to go first? Go. Um, but all my best shows are also my worst shows. We'll just share the story anyway. <clears throat> um, I think one of my favorite shows was the our laser act in Israel. Just because we had so much tension and we were so scared before the show, because we had that horrible, horrible rehearsal, which made it too like which was my worst show in a way, because I was so scared. And then in the end, everything went perfect. And we didn't do like any big mistakes, except you with the belt, but that's another story. Um, and I was just so happy afterwards, just that it was over. And so since then, we never performed it again. I know, this is, a, this is like a 45-minute show with loads of video stuff, loads of technical setup, lots of technical juggling as well, all kinds lots of comedy. Lots of practicing. Yeah, lots of practicing. We practiced months and months and months for this show. We've been writing it for the past year, um, and we only ever performed it once, and we've never got a chance to do it again. Um, so if anyone wants to invite us to a convention to do that show... Yeah, uh, yeah. With half a year in advance. Yeah, just so t- tell us in advance again. so we can work it out again. But yeah, that was an amazing show. My favourite show is actually... Um, way back in 2003, I'd made a New Year's resolution to uh, put together a new act every two months, or six by the end of the year. Um, before that, I'd done some bits and pieces with large tennis balls and this and that, but I actually wanted to spend more time on each juggling show, so uh, that's what I did. So I decided I'm going to make a video routine, or a routine where I juggle three balls, and a video sort of flashes up next to me what's going on um, in the pattern, like throw by throw and stuff like that. And um, and so I did it, I worked on it, it took me months and months to do, about two months to to put together put it all together and choreograph it lots of lots of really hard work and then i went along to a, a juggling convention it was the birmingham university juggling convention uh, back in i think it was like february of 2003 and um, there was four people in the main show there was sort of like a renegade open stage in the first half the second half there was four of us um performing i can't remember everyone who was there uh but uh, and they're asking, okay, who, who wants to go on first? And I was like, oh, no, my act's quite good. I don't think I should go on first. And then and then I just thought, no, I'll go on last because this I knew it was a good show because I'd worked on it more and longer and harder than any other show that I'd worked on before. And I just said, no, I'll go on last. And I, so I went on last there and uh, I did the routine. Had a few drops, so it wasn't clean. I think like four drops. But the reaction afterwards was bigger than any other reaction that I've ever had from any other juggling. Um, acts that I put together before then and um, people were coming up to me and saying oh you know are you performing that at the BJC I said yeah I'll do it on the uh, maybe on the Renegade they say you're not going to do it on the public public show and it was that time when I realised I'd put together something good enough to actually perform in like a, a national uh, public show like a co- convention show and uh, it was great and I and had good feedback even from people who never like shows and never watch shows and always just really grumpy about it as there seem to be quite a few people like that in the UK and even they gave me gave me good feedback about that and I still perform it to this day or a variation of it and people even came up to us over the last few days and after doing it in the in the cruise ship show yep I even do the the sight swap piece as people call it the sight swap video piece in cruise ship shows and uh, and people love it they say it's their favorite bit of the show um so that's pretty much my favorite show I do have others uh, but for like a juggling act rather than hosting shows because I, I my best times on stage i think have been hosting shows because i can go freestyle and i never drop when i host a show because uh, one of my favorite times on stage was just three days ago yeah it was and mine so too. good yeah it was and just so much could fun. go freestyling that's the thing yeah we did quite a bit. Yeah, we were just going all over. Anyway, so that's good shows, and that's 20 minutes into the podcast. So let's get on to actually the the funniest stories and the more entertaining stories in a way, the better stories, although I do enjoy sharing good shows. Let's get on to the worst shows ever, the bad shows that people have done. And um, people have 
you know, oh, okay, let's just get on straight onto it. Okay, we're going to hear first of all from Priam and um, and Trespass with similar stories. Hi, I'm Priam, and my worst ever show was in uh, juggling convention in Toulouse, 2003. It was raining outside, so the the hair was very um, humid, and uh, my string was very. Uh, grippy and uh, at the beginning of the show I I, I made many drops and at the the middle of the show with two Diabolo I made a a sprinkler and it it scratched together and I was not able to undo the the nut so and I have no extra sticks so I, I, I had to, to say to, to the audience, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not able to continue the show, and I left the stage at the middle of the show. <laughs> and after, uh, I, I killed myself. <laughs> I think that is one of the worst things that can happen to you. But I'm As sure it teached him, it, it taught him. I taught him, yeah. So uh, anyway, let's just move straight on to the next story, because, like I say, similar. Hi, we trespassed our first, uh, worst act was our premiere of this act and we made nuts just incredible uh, with the strings, uh, two pair of strings, three diabolos and just one nut. We got all entangled and it, it would have taken like 10 minutes to undo it and so fortunately we had put uh, two pairs of sticks in, uh, for reserve and, and so we could, we just threw everything from stage and we got the new Diabolos and new sticks and we continued. But it was such a shock, like the very first show we do and we had just, it was terrible. <laughs> and the director said uh, to the guy who created the show, because it was not just the uh, act, it was uh, the whole show, said, oh, these Diabolos, they were very bad. <laughs> <laughs> so with the, yeah, that was like the very first. That was, was ex- the very ex- first with this act. Experience with that act, and we were so frustrated because while creating it, we thought, well, that's not so bad. It's okay, and then like the first critics, we got the first feedback was devastating, <laughs> completely. <laughs> but one week after that, a guy from Cirque du Soleil came, and uh, we've been told afterwards that he had really liked the Diablo act and thought that was quite great and then we were like okay still <laughs> there's something in it <laughs> so yeah that's the whole thing if you're gonna do a Diablo act always 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 put a spare down at the front um or in your box or at the side of the stage where someone can throw it out to you uh, it's very 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 important some people do, some people don't. I do. I've always, I always have a spare diablo in the, in the box and a spare set of strings. And I I, again, I found out the hard way by going. Uh, uh. Um, and also, I use a spin abalo, which doesn't get tangled very much at all. So I, I very, very, very rarely uh, knot up my diablo. But I do drop it off the front of the stage um, once every say four shows or something, and I just pick up the spare one. So, uh, uh, so there you go. I mean, it drops off the stage because at one point in the act, I do an intentional drop and it disappears off the stage sometimes. Really? Anyway, let's talk about someone else who... Um, <coughs> oh, Trespass, they were, they were prepared with the skills and, and prepared with the props and uh, Priam wasn't. Let's talk about some other people, hear from some other people who weren't quite prepared enough. Hi, I'm Marcus Fortner and now I'm going to tell you my worst show. And fortunately, I think this is a long time ago. And it was in 1997, in December, I um, decided to perform it um, with, um, with my devil stick. And it was, of course, I was not so good at this time, but not, not bad anyway. But I did not prepare enough for the... I had not an, a real act, just music and do some tricks. And the music stopped and I had to continue. And then I finally tr- tried a double propeller. It didn't work. And yes... Uh, then I finished and I said, I, I don't perform anymore. And half a year I didn't perform any, um, uh, once, even, not even once. And, but then I, at the EJC, I, um, till 98, um, I got some new motivation and then I wanted to perform again. So. Next up. Hello, my name is Jonathan Root. And I'm Bill Berry, we're Team Root Berry. And one of our worst gigs was 1998. We were just learning to juggle. 
We traveled to Scotland. We just missed the EJC for a really shabby gig in the States. And so we came over, and our whole goal was to make loads of money street performing. We had no business street performing nor juggling whatsoever because we stunk. We had nothing original. We had no idea how to make money, we draw a crowd. <laughs> we didn't know how to travel. Each of us had three backpacks. You only have one back. I don't know where you're going to put three backpacks. But. So we ended up getting rid of almost all of our clothing to <laughs> spent way more money than we made. And our biggest hat, we are proud to say, was four pounds. And we're not... We're not minimizing our hat. That and was, remember, whatever a street performer says they made in the hat, you divide it by two, and that's probably more accurate to what they actually made. So <laughs> we we, a, I think we made two pounds. We had a, a, um, a hobo <laughs> giving us money. He, that's how bad we were. Well, he said we needed this pound more than he did. So, <laughs> and I think he was right. And we, we were not prepared for the, for the Scotland weather in summer. We had no idea how cold it was going to be. So we without, froze. and Without summer, how cold could it be? I mean... We bought rolls to survive. <laughs> we put honey on them when we, you know, made money making balloons. <laughs> but once again, just don't give up. Yep. We've come a long way. Now now we uh, have jelly. Instead of honey, we have honey and jelly and bread and beans and eggs. And that's what we eat in Scotland. Ah, so yummy. A traditional Scottish breakfast. Sounding off, Team Rootberry. <laughs> That was actually the first bad story, and good story, but we, I don't know why I couldn't find their good story. Maybe they didn't have a good story, I can't remember. I'm sure they had a lot of good stories, um, but maybe they couldn't just think of one specific. Yeah, so that was actually the first one of these worst stories, and that was uh, the story that we first recorded, and, and uh, one of my favourites, actually, uh, mainly because after them telling this, us that, that their story about you know this really bad experience that they had and getting four pounds or two pounds or whatever uh, by performing doing their street show at the uh, at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival there, um, we looked on the website and it says, you know, they've performed in all these countries and uh, one of the places that they had that they performed was the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. <laughs> and I'm actually thinking, wait a second, they actually put that, but I guess that's professional. You can, uh, you can flip around. They did perform there. Yes, they did perform there. And, um, they did make money They there. did make money, yeah, from a, from a tramp. Yeah, great. Uh, but anyway, that's a, a very uh, interesting story and a very there. very honest story. Oh, honest story. But like we've, we were telling as well, um, or I was telling as well on, the, on our How to uh, Start Street performing show about my first gigs and everyone everyone's first experience with uh, with street performing is something similar to that getting four pounds and one of those pounds is off, yeah. a, off a drunkard um, and i like that we recorded the interview in scotland yes. so we were back in scotland for yeah. that story uh yeah so uh let's let's move on next up is um well he'll introduce himself hi i'm aaron Gregg. my roughest performing situation i've had recently was at the bjc where I was doing the uh, Britavision Song Contest, and uh, it was performing to music, which is not something I really do very much. And anyway, so I said, ah, oh, sure, I'll take part. A bunch of the guys were suggesting I take part. I then had to follow Wes and then William, who William did like 15 minutes and absolutely killed. Wes did really well. And then I had to go on doing like silly comedy stuff in which I did like uh, baby juggling with three balls and a beer bottle, spilling beer all over my face. Really, it just wasn't the moment for it. So, uh, yeah, it's tough. We'll have another story from Aaron later on, which is uh, also pretty cool. Next up, um, someone uh, who was, I think, performing one of the first times of juggling. Here we go. Hi, I'm Marco Bonissimo, and my worst gig ever. Well, I have to think about it. There, are, there is one gig that comes up to me right now. I was still in the circus school, and we had to do a, a, a gala show for... Some well, some a bunch of rich people they were eating, and uh, well, we were just part of it, and we were performing on a on a big stage. It was huge and very beautiful, and I was trying to show off with my new juggling routine with clubs, and I messed up completely, and I got very angry. But nobody didn't care at all. They were still eating. They didn't pay any notice at me. I was just there, like being very angry at my clubs and in the end I ended up just walking away without doing anything and they didn't say anything about it just my teachers they say never get angry anymore well that was it actually that was the worst gig ever
that's cool. I really like the fact that he was doing really badly and nobody cared because they were all just sitting around eating. Yeah, really bad. <laughs> that's that's actually worse. I guess in... then you get more angry. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're saying. I mean, the worst thing is is like dropping a lot on stage, but dropping a lot on stage and nobody noticing, and you're the only person who fi- finds it bad. I don't know. I mean, I think that must be worse. Actually, I'd rather drop on stage and and have people see. I don't know. No, but maybe not. But I don't, it's just a bit weird. Depending to... how bad it is. Yeah, I guess, I guess bad. Depending how bad. Uh, next up, let's hear from. Uh, Eric Nilsson again. Hi, this is Eric again. I'm back. And now I'm going to tell you about the worst gig i ever done. Accompanied by a police car. <laughs> I was in Denmark and had what we in Sweden call vinterkrakuka, when you throw up and shit in your pants the whole time. And I actually vomited over my drum kit while playing Brown Eyed Girl. Can you imagine that? That's bad. That's bad! <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's Eric. <laughs> yeah, that's Eric. But vomiting on your equipment, um, I've never done that, actually, I don't think, on stage. I hope so. No. Anyway, moving on to... Um, Do you think he actually did? I, I think he probably... I think a drummer, because they're not just juggling a bit. I mean, this, drummers can go on and do like two hours of drumming and you know, you're always in the back of the uh, back of the stage, the drummer's got their top off and stuff because they're, so, they're moving so much and, and you put in a lot of energy and if you're a bit ill, you know, you see these athletes run a marathon and then vomit at the end or, you know, yeah, um, footballers running around and vomiting because it's just, uh, you know, maybe slightly ill and uh, too exhausted and I reckon a drummer could, could uh, do that. I don't think juggling is that difficult though or that um, that hard. I don't okay. know. Anyway, moving on to um, maybe some other ways of being unwell. Injuries while performing, which is quite fun. Hi, I'm Jeff Peden, and we had an, another unique story that Polo particularly liked. Uh, Wes and I have done some fire shows in our time. Not, not, it's not our regular thing, but we've got some skills with poi and staff and, and, uh, and flaming torch juggling, etc. But one event we were at, we were both doing uh, paired poi stuff, and I was swinging around, and we both tend to gel our hair. If you didn't realize, um, gel in your hair can be flammable. I discovered this by accident when the poi hit the back of my head, and I just thought, oh, it just bumped me, no big deal. And then moments later, Wes was like, hey, Dad. I'm like, what? And there's the audience that's still out in front. He's like, Dad. I'm like, what? He said, your hair's on fire. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I patted out my hair, and we continued with the show. It was a little bit embarrassing for the moment, though. Uh, funny, I've never set myself on fire either. I have hurt myself. Have hurt myself really badly once. Actually, it was at the Berlin convention. I bent down to pick up a ball backstage when I was warming up and split my head open. I went on stage um, with blood dribbling dribbling into my eye. That was a a bad show and a good show. You can actually see the video of that or the end part of that on on, uh, our website on lukeburge.com or something. Uh, So yeah, that was an interesting uh, experience. Let's uh, go back to Charlie Dancy with another great story from Charlie. Hi, uh, I'm Charlie Dancy and this is the worst show ever. Um, And this is from the er very early days of Haggis and Charlie when we used to work in Bristol on the docks um, near a place called The Watershed. And uh, I'd uh, been working on the third attempt at writing my juggling book and, and I'd been rootling around in the rubbish bin looking for a part of my manuscript which I'd thrown away and then changed my mind about. And my finger had hit a, a broken light bulb in the bin and I'd cut my finger rather badly. When I plastered it up and the next day we went, into, <laughs> went down to the docks and I was dressed totally in white. This is, this is important. And we, we started a little show in front of all these people. They were all having a really, really good time. And then we got to a bit which we call the five-ball routine, where we both stand side by side juggling five balls. Now, if you have an arterial injury on one of your fingers and you're juggling five balls, you're looking up. <laughs> you're not looking down and you're wearing white. The blood that starts to spurt from your unhealed finger leaves a really impressive curved chainsaw massacre type stripe of red up and down you. But it doesn't hurt. And I only started to realise something was wrong when one of my yellow beanbags was turning orange and then red and getting sticky in my hand. And there was this awful look of horror from all the audience and we stopped. And I honestly, I looked like I'd been stabbed. So uh, it was deeply embarrassing and... um, yeah, it sort of affected me for some reason. And that's my closing music there, so there you go. Anyway, that's, I think, a cool show. A lot more impressive than the little bit of blood dropping into my eye. It's actually, like, spraying blood all over himself and the audience, or maybe just himself, I don't know. Anyway, so that's cool. Let's get on to um, uh, another story with injuries um, of another kind, not the performer. Hi, I'm Thomas Dietz, and my, my worst show what I ever had was uh, a show in a variety, and I worked in the variety 
30 times, 30 shows in one month. And um, I, I have done my, my easy tricks, the, the easiest tricks of my routine, maybe 15 tricks, in, uh, on, a, on a stage uh, in the middle of the, of the public. And uh, the problem was, uh, if I drop, I throw the, the, the balls or clubs on, uh, on the tables and on the head from the public. And um, yeah, I have done 15 times in a row the, the easy part in the middle stage without drop. This was not a problem for me. And one day, I had a, a really bad day without warming up and um, yeah, my neck was bad. And, and then I start chugging and <laughs> yeah, I, I dropped on, on an easy four club trick and I wrote uh, two clubs on a head from one from a from a public from a person in the yeah in the public and I was so so scared about that and say oh sorry 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 and then um, yeah then comes my my ring routine and uh, I have done <laughs> an easy five ring trick on the middle stage and then uh, I had a, a collision <laughs> one ring <laughs> goes to the same to the same people <laughs> on his head <laughs> and then i i start laughing on on stage <laughs> it was so that was my my worst show ever <laughs> uh interesting thomas thank you very much for that one <laughs> i think i wouldn't laugh that moment no i wouldn't laugh it's either. not very funny <laughs> Well, I have had some... I guess it's some hysteric laughing. Yeah, I've heard stories from people like um, uh, Donald Grant who have had similar shows and things like that, of, of performing with, with audience all the way around them. That's one of the main reasons why uh, Donald Grant stopped using the Renegade Dablos, which are these like massive, great, heavy, hard plastic ones, and started using the Henry's ones because they're a bit softer around the edges. If I was going to start doing Diablo uh, among the audience, I think I wouldn't use the Spin Abolo because uh, even though they're not... You know, they they don't drop much, but they're really hard. You know, they can really have someone's uh, head off. I think I could actually... And they did. What? Don't you remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I I did actually once um, drop drop my Diablo and uh, hit a small child in the face with it, didn't I? No, that was... I, did, I, did, I meant Aaron when you did with Tempeh that, oh, yeah. that thing. You really hurt him. Yeah, Aaron. 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 Yeah, I never yeah. get it. I know that it's anyway, yeah. A, so just imagine a. it's not performing, but just imagine this injury. Um, Tempe, um, great diabolist, and me, um, okay diabolist, uh, throwing diabolos vertically to each other in sort of the vertex style. Now the way I catch them is just to whip catch them out of the air. And when you whip catch a diabolo um, coming at you sideways, it's travelling already quite quickly. And then when I whip catch it, I swing it round as hard as possible. And we checked, you know, that as everyone's free away from us. And Tempe, I thought Tempe had yeah, no problem. And um, so Tempe was setting it up. And as Tempo was setting up and I was facing him, um, Aaron Sparks and his girlfriend came and sat down behind me and because started... It was make... such a nice empty space so yeah. they made their little yeah, picnic, picnic there. Yeah. <laughs> so he just came down and sat down right behind me. Tempe threw me this Diablo. It's already coming really quick. I whip it out of the air and swing it round pretty much as fast as possible. That's what you've got to do with these Diablos to catch them when you're whip catching oh, a Vertex Diablo. Because you've got to keep the sort of like um, sideways sort of... Uh, what do you call it? The 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 momentum to go round to keep it like flying out from you and your sort of like centrifugal force kind of thing smacked him straight into the eye and he was really upset. You know, it's swollen up. Did he go to hospital? I can't remember. There's blood everywhere. Really, really bad. Yeah. So hitting someone in the face with a spinabolo certainly at, at that moment uh, isn't great. Anyway, I wasn't planning on telling that story. Let's move on to um, another uh, street show story from um, Aaron again because he's got another one. This is um, Aaron Gregg this time. My name's Aaron Gregg. One of my worst experiences ever was doing a show, uh, a street show back probably in my first or second year and uh, I was looking up during this Diablo trick and I heard this guy start mumbling behind me and I thought, you know what the heck, uh, I'll uh, use an old stock line. So I said, oh, there's an alcoholic who doesn't want to remain anonymous. He heard me and uh, he and then I, I, so he started saying stuff, and I stopped, and I turned, and I saw him, and he started calling me racist. And uh, he was a First Nations guy in Canada. And, of course, I couldn't see him, so I wasn't racist, and I was trying to explain to him that, look, man, I couldn't see you. How can I be racist when all I can hear is you mumbling? Anyway, so he comes up, he threatens to punch me, he grabs my Diablo stick and snaps it, and then threatens to hit me again, and then walks away. So the most important thing for a lot of performers is voice modulation. Wait till they're just out of earshot and say it almost loud enough so that they can hear it, so that the audience thinks that they might be able to hear it, but they actually can't, 
and then you protect yourself from getting your equipment broken. And never say it with your back to the person. Absolutely, and for the record, he uh, was an alcoholic. <laughs> Thanks, Evan. There's a great story, I think. You can probably learn quite a lot from these stories of people doing street shows and, uh, and failing. And hopefully you learn a lot from all these ones. Anyway, let's move on to some other people performing outdoors. Hi, I'm BB from BBNB2. Uh, my worst gig was in Manchester because it was freezing and open air and we couldn't even juggle one club. And we dropped every single club. That was world record to drop every single club. So that was one of my worst one. I don't think I've ever had that was bad. Was it Winchester? No, Manchester. He's Manchester. A, uh, but windy in Manchester, so almost Windchester, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, dropping every single one of their clubs. Impressive. Let's move on. Hi, I'm Wes. And I'm Jeff. And uh, we, we were asked to describe uh, one of our you know, worst show scenarios. And, and this one, uh, it, actually, it was kind of significant. Some of you may know Joe Showers. Ironically, he was in the audience for this one, so he can vouch for it. He didn't even know who we were at the time. Yeah, this is before he even started juggling. Yeah. So uh, we had been hired to come out and do a, a Boy Scout venue where they had this uh, outdoors evening thing for like 500 Boy Scouts. And that in itself wasn't bad, but they had a flat. That when we arrived, they're like, oh, well, can you perform on this flatbed trailer? I'm like, well, that's not so bad, but it's rather windy. And like, yeah, I'll say we already put up this backdrop, and they'd put up like uh, two by fours in the back of it with a white sheet, which would then sway back and forth in the wind every time, and it actually would hit our clubs while we would pass. And at the same time, they had two huge bonfires. I mean, the total stack of wood was about six foot high, and then burning, you know, it was like a 12-foot fire, one on either side of the stage, so there's smoke and soot and ashes floating into the stage, and we're like, Wes is getting stuff in his eyes and his hair, and then uh, our son- they had said, well, just plug into our sound system, we'll be fine, and then their sound system was like squeaking, giving feedback, and everything, so yeah, it was, it was very memorable. It and, was probably one of the And keep in mind, keep in mind, this flatbed trailer was about eight feet wide, <laughs> 30 feet long and this backdrop would blow about 4 feet into our performance space. So if you're juggling and your clubs get hit by that they go off the flatbed which was on top of um, these wood planks so it went down about 8 feet. So you need to run all the way down to the end, go down the stairs, run, grab the club, run back to the end, go up and then start again yeah. by the time that had happened your routine most likely had ended. So yeah, it was great. Highly, <laughs> highly motivating not to drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, very interesting. But we haven't gone back there. <laughs> so I think that pretty much sums it up. Cool. As a, a very a, a good story about performing in a suboptimal um, performance venue. I think there. We've never actually performed in that bad weather, have we? I can't remember. No, I don't think so. Uh, the only time we did it was at the at the Hamburg. Um, we performed in oh, a harbour. Yeah, that was really bad. And um, if you ever work out harbours are these big open places where ships are meant to come in, and this this uh, sort of like this dock land that we we're in was just this massive. It's I mean all been redeveloped now, so it looks good, but it's like a wind tunnel, and um, we're performing with the big easel that we have, and it was blowing over, and the clubs are going all over the place, and it's like. Yeah, but it was just bad conditions. We had we still had a really good. show. Oh yeah, the shows are great that we did. I think we did two or three shows there, and they were fine. But yeah, it was just the wind. It was like, I will now attempt to juggle four clubs. It was that kind of sort of not even being able to do three or four clubs, you know, at all. Um, And then it took like eight attempts or something to do the six clubs. I can't remember. But yeah, we just polar painted it. So I had to juggle it and just kept on going over and over. Yeah, but but one of or two of my worst shows were actually in the same festival. Do you remember um, Gütersloh Festival? Oh, yeah. And I think the first show was that the easel was blown over by the wind. And it broke. Yeah. And it completely broke. So that wasn't a good start because all the people already saw me on stage trying to fix the, the easel. We didn't have music, all that kind of shit. And then the second show, I think we just had two shows, was these three young guys trying to hackle, but they just hackled like half a meter away from me. So they were standing next to me, just shouting things at me and saying things at me, throwing things at me. And no one in the audience did something. And the thing is, the worst thing is, I didn't do anything because I didn't notice them there because oh, I was always doing the juggling. So annoying. They destroyed my whole show and they killed the atmosphere because we couldn't do our no. normal show because I was just, I just weren't up for it. I was too annoyed with them. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think we told this story back when we were talking about this. Uh, I think there was a show that we that we played out the interview with Bibi and Bishu as well. So if you want to hear more about our moaning about Gudeslow, you can get oh, it there. Oh, also another uh, fun thing that I mentioned on on one of the podcasts when I think it's in the Stefan Zing one. If you if you listen to that one, was when I did this um, sort of uh, gig. Uh, uh, um, a trade fair and it was a, a urology trade fair which is talking about people's um, uh, bladders Bottom. and things like that so I was doing this uh, doing these performings uh, and trying to attract people to the stand and I was performing there and doing the juggling and the, with the rings and the balls and the clubs and bit Diablo and stuff and directly behind me was this massive screen pr- with this projection um, of of like penile surgeries, so these things that you you, you pump up your penis and, and it go, and also um, vaginal surgery as well. So there was this big like image of a vagina behind me with people sticking scalpels into it and things like that. That's probably one of the worst venues I performed. I mean, it, it did well, but it's always weird just to look around and go. Ugh. Um, yeah. Did people actually want to look at you? I, with I, that in the background. I don't know, but everyone here was, they were all there for the same thing. They were all there at a urology yeah, conference, sure. so they're all used to that kind of thing. And just me, poor juggler out the front, sort of, okay. um, with all these products around me. Anyway, uh, let's go. Finally, our, our last story um, from the guest is uh, Taras Poznikov um, with a very philosophical comment on his worst shows. The worst show, I don't think that I have the worst show. All, all shows. Um, Every time when I come on the stage, I work good or I work not good is the uh, some kind of experience for me, and I I think uh, no one have the worst show because every next show is the better 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 when uh, when the people work when they want to make the his act better. Every next show is the, will be better, 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 better. I think. Uh, interesting. So, hey, wait a second. There's something else on here. What's this? One second. So, my best ever show. Okay. Hi, I'm Priyam. Uh, my best. Okay, our best ever show. No, I'm Charlie Dancy. Okay, go again. Ah, the worst one was. Uh... Hi, we trespass. Yeah. Hi, we trespass. Our first, uh, worst act was our. Um, no, I, I, so this is a long time ago. This, hi. I'm uh, yeah, worst show. Well, this is very. Hi, uh, I'm Charlie Datsy, and this is the worst show ever. Cool. And again, hi, I'm Aaron Gregg. My worst show ever. Go for it. Hi, I'm Aaron Gregg. My worst show ever. Uh, I had a really bad one this summer where. Uh, no, let's start again. Um, God. Take a minute. Yeah, it's going to be... Yeah, I don't want to talk about that one. Uh, and you can... You can t- if you've got two... If you've got two... No, do it anything as well. I can put an explicit tab on iTunes. Um, <laughs> no, it's because he's a handicapped kid and it was just driving me nuts. Um... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I forgot I'd, I'd put together the outtakes of this. So, yeah, trying to get people to say, hi, my name is this and this is my story. It seemed to be quite interesting. And there was more outtakes, but those are just the interesting ones that sort of I'd, I'd put into the computer and I thought I'd put them together. I wondered what I could I got to the end of that. So what's that at the end there? Anyway, so, um, yeah, some outtakes for you as well. Uh, yeah, so Taras Poznikov, uh, interesting little uh, point there. Every show is the... Uh, Every, oh, sorry, I just pulled the headphone out of Polar's ear. Every show, and the next show is always going to be better, or something like that. Anyway, Polar, do you want to quickly share your, your worst show ever, and I'll finish up with my one? Go for it. No, because I did it in between. Oh, did you? Yeah. What was your worst show ever? Like, these Gütersloh shows. Okay. And also, it's not a show, but the rehearsal for... Our best show. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess my worst show, if I might as well tell, tell this story to finish up with, was um, back, I think, in 2001. And it was well, the first time I'd ever been asked beforehand to perform at a convention. I'd actually performed at the Durham Juggling Convention, but that was sort of like a last-minute thing. They said, hey, you can get up on stage and do something. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I, I got up and did something with some big tennis balls. Uh, and it was interesting, but not great. But then they asked me for the Liverpool Convention. Will you come over and perform? So I found some music that I liked, and I worked out some tricks that I liked to do. And at the time, I was really into sort of like your, your multiplexes and sight swaps and numbers juggling. And uh, so I decided to to put some it together there. Now, the thing is, at the time, I wasn't a professional juggler. I was a student, and I was a skint student. So I got myself a job working nights at Tesco, which means that the night before the convention, the Friday nights before the convention, I work, and the Thursday night as well, but I would work from like 10 o'clock in the 
evening through to six o'clock at the next morning or seven o'clock the next morning. So at seven o'clock the next morning, I um, go back home from work, pick up all my stuff, get on a train and go all the way over to the convention from Scarborough across to Liverpool opposite sides of the country and on the way there I fell asleep on the train a bit and, and missed my stop at one point and missed the connection here and there and so finally get to the convention get there stay up of course all the time and, and do this stuff and by the time it gets to the time when I'm meant to be on stage I've had like no sleep at all no night sleep an hour's sleep or something beforehand in, in 36 40 hours or something and I get up on stage and I suck and the music even though I picked a long piece of music it runs out and the next piece of music comes on and I'm dropping all over the place and I'm completely oblivious that this was actually being a bad show and, and people were heckling and shouting things from the audience and it was terrible and the worst thing is, is that just after me about two or three acts after me Ben Beaver gets up there and there's me trying to do like eight balls and nine balls on stage and Ben's doing ten balls on stage and all the tricks that I couldn't do and all the tricks that I'd love to do Ben does way way better than me uh, and it was just a really bad show and it showed me that um that if something's worth doing well, it's first worth doing really, really badly because it makes you understand that you've got to put a lot of work into doing shows. So the next show that I did was with Big Tennis Balls again and I wrote the music and I recorded it all and choreographed it all perfectly together and did it all. Dropped still a few times, but people still really enjoyed the shows because it wasn't just juggling. The ideas were there as well. So even my worst show, or one of my worst shows ever, was still very inspiring in that way. Um, so yeah, that's it, probably. Uh, anything else to say? Yeah, now you always try to sleep a bit before a show. I always try to sleep a bit before a show, but it doesn't always work. For example, when I went to the uh, the uh, uh, EJC in 2004, I had an, an overnight flight the night before, and I went on stage to host the Renegade after being up for about 36 hours again and stayed up until 4 o'clock the next morning. No, two mornings later, I was still awake. So, yeah, that was uh, another... Uh, way to stay awake but again like I say when you're hosting a show you don't need to drop or juggle or anything like that so that's about it for this uh, podcast podcast number 43 hope you've enjoyed it Paul and I I think we've enjoyed this I haven't was we? waiting for that for a year now yeah because we've been we've been saving up these stories so also if you if we meet you um, at a convention or you talk to us just say hey I've got a good performing story I've got a bad performing story bad ones are of course more fun than good but we always like to balance it out with some good shows too so uh, if you or see us at the convention tell us and we'll record it yeah or also if you have a really good idea for a question that we can ask yeah. at the end of an interview yeah we just do tell us and we'll we'll ask other people everyone the same uh, question and hopefully edit it all together like we have today i hope it's going to work because we've recorded this and played stuff in with the ipad and hopefully it's all going to fit together and work smoothly and without any mistakes smoothly so that's about it thank you very much keep sending in the emails uh, i'm luke saying goodbye bye from Poland. Story that you know, I do this routine where I get someone out the audience and I throw them balls to them and I throw them five big balls so they can't um, they can't catch them all. And I didn't realize I'd taken someone up and and she had like a, a hand which wasn't properly formed, so she only had one hand. And I was throwing her these balls and she was dropping them. And I was like, ah, like this. And and then it was only after sort of a few minutes, I was like, oh, uh, shit. And then sort of tried to like do it as though I, I'd just been joking before or something. Anyway, okay, I got so, it. Anyway, whatever you want. All right, uh, one of my roughest... No, hi, I'm Eric. Thank you. Okay, that'll do. Again, the whole thing of me holding a microphone like this oh. without it doing it anyway, so my, let's stop that and save it quick.